Hello, I'm your host, Gemma Holbert, and welcome to the Yachts You Podcast. This space is entirely dedicated to authentic conversations about life at sea. Through thoughtful chats and real experiences, I talk with some of the most insightful men and women in the yachting industry. No questions off the table as we dive into the wonderful and absurd world of stewardesses. Before starting today's episode, I wanted to share with all of you a really exciting partnership between the Yacht Stew and Salacia Yachting. Together, we have created and are launching the first admin-focused Chief Stewardess course. We cover everything from work lists to hiring with loads of downloadables and videos to make it as easy to follow as possible. The course is fully online, you can work at your own pace, and you will have lifetime access. If you are interested, head over to www.theyachtstu.com forward slash courses to learn more and be one of the first to sign up. Welcome back to another episode of the Yachtstu podcast. Today I am interviewing one of my old stewardesses and spa connoisseur, Heather. So Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting. It is. And um, before we kind of get into it, I do need to share that I call Heather Trev. It's just a nickname. (laughs) So if throughout you hear me calling her Trev, please just ignore me. But it's a force of habit. And I don't think we're going to be able to change that today. No, no. I think it'll be weird if you called me Heather. I don't think I'd respond. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Okay, so let's jump straight into it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I saw your CV after you had done about a season on boats, Mm -hmm. but I would love if you could just share a little bit about how you got started, especially coming in as a spa stewardess. Started when I left high school, I would say I did my three-year course in studying beauty therapy. So it was a very in-depth, full-time course. I specialized in spa therapy and I worked in the industry for about two years. So that was sort of my introduction to beauty. I took a bit of a a life change detour and moved over to Bali and lived there for a couple of years and taught English. So that was a complete change in life. When that sort of came to an end, my best friend was in yachting and she suggested I give it a bash. So I thought, why not? Having my spa background it was relatively an easy transition going into it. I did the old SDCW course, flew over to France, and I did the walking of the docks, which was quite brutal. It really does build your character, having to be told no quite often. That's how I got into it. Dock walking, it's not for the faint-hearted, is it? No, it really isn't. (laughs) It's tough. It is tough work. And your course was three years, which I think is... Um, something really important to kind of bring up. I think because you had such a big education behind you, when you joined the Mm. vessel we worked on together and there was quite a diverse offering within the spa book, you were able to really understand and learn everything quite quickly, even if it wasn't Mm. necessarily done before. So do you feel that course has really helped you in yachting or was it a lot more in depth than anything you've really had to use on board boats? 100% did help because we do... Obviously, we learn about the treatments and the you know, anatomy of the body and just the basic things like that. But it also gives you insights on how to deal with people because therapy or spa therapy or beauty therapy is such a personal sort of industry that you can go into. 
it really is a therapy when you go for your massage or your facial you end up spilling your whole life to these these ladies that are treating you so it is essentially seen as a therapy and i think studying that and learning how to deal with all kinds of people really did help going into yachting we know that we deal with every kind of person in yachting whether it's crew or the guests so it really did give me that extra edge to almost be a bit more confident into knowing what I'm getting myself into, being so close to people in such small, confined spaces. So I really think that therapy, beauty therapy, and my three years of studying and two years of working thereafter really gave me that knowledge and confidence to go into it. I think that's such a beautiful way to view it. Obviously, we do say, oh, spa therapist, refer to it as a therapy, but I don't think people quite grasp that it is, in fact, a therapy. You know, you're allowing your body to relax. You're giving yourself time to care for your needs. And you're right. I mean, who doesn't have a good old chat when they're getting a manicure? Well, exactly. It's, It's such a personal space. You know, you're literally going in and you're massaging a person you've never met before. Your hands, I know it sounds weird, but you have your hands on their body. And that's the most personal way you can be interacting with someone that you don't know. So it is very much a therapy and you do need to be very much aware of yourself and the person that you're with to be able to carry it off. Oh, that's, I just think it's a beautiful way to think about it. So now when I go to the spa, I'm like, oh, sorry, Ben, I'm just going to go. I've got three hours of therapy this afternoon and just take myself to the spa. (laughs) And with kind of the transition to yachting, was it different from what you expected? Did you anticipate the schedule of the spa stew? Is it something that you expected? Having a friend that was in yachting, she did give me a few ins and outs. So I did have a sort of picture in my mind of what to expect, but it's not until you actually get there that you know what you're getting yourself into. You need to forget about your sort of schedules in the spa industry where you walk in in the morning and you see your day planned out for you with, you know, every time slots is taken up and it's all in order. You need to sort of put that aside because nothing really happens like that in yachting. You do get your days where everything is in order, obviously, with your meals and things like that. But when it comes to the spa or to a massage, that can happen at any given time of the day. The transition of letting go of my routine as such and being organized in that way was quite hard because I really like all my things and categories and little boxes. So being more flexible was something I did have to learn and pick up very quickly. I could be making a bed one minute and then two minutes later, I'm getting ready for a treatment. Whereas normally you'd be able to prepare Mm. your day around a treatment on a land-based job. So I'd say that transition was probably the biggest part of becoming more flexible and realizing that it is more an 80-20 sort of work. So it's at 80% of stewardess of housekeeping laundry and service and then a 20% of spa or treatments not all boats are like that but in my experience I'm not doing treatments all day I'm not sitting in a spa all day waiting for someone to come in and have a treatment I'm doing everything else and then on top of that we'll get called away to do a treatment in the middle of the day or in the middle of the night could happen I could be in bed could be on my break having a nice little nap and get a knock on my door and or if I go to do a manicure, that would be the biggest transition, I would say, is the flexibility that you need to take on. 
how many times were you about to sit for crew dinner with guests on and I would radio and you're like, can I just have a bite to eat? I was like, no girlfriend, she wants this in five minutes. You do not have time to eat. So yeah, you're, you're totally right. I think flexibility is key in really any, any department on board, but I would assume Mm -hmm. as well working in the spa, you have to be incredibly organized and know where everything is at all times. Because as you said, you often get no warning before trips. Do you go into the spa you know, and just kind of do a quick inventory, make sure everything's in place. Is it something that's ongoing for you? How do you kind of manage the spa? Um, I would say definitely before trips, I mean, you would have probably been packed up for a yard period or for the winter time, or it would have been an extended time between trips. So you would have, you know, gone through the spa, packed things up, thrown anything away that you don't need or that's nearly finished and put a list together of what you need to get going forward. And Definitely just familiarizing yourself with what you have, what you don't have, what did you use, what didn't you use, and just being aware of everything, where everything is. My best thing is just to be completely organized. So if you have little manicure boxes, just have it all ready to go. So if there is a manicure, because the madam is having dinner tonight and she's chipped to nail and you need to quickly run out and go and do a manicure, you just need to grab that one box and maybe a couple of towels. You're not opening drawers and cupboards and faffing all over the place, you know, getting yourself into a bit of a, a tiz about it, just completely being organized in it is so key. A lot of boats don't have actual spa facility. I was lucky enough when I worked with you, we had the most beautiful spa on board and with the most amazing storage systems. But I've also worked on boats where we stored all of the spa and beauty products in the master cabin in a secret cupboard. So having that organized is key because just being completely organized, I would say a very good trait to have when it comes to being in the spa. So speaking of getting your products together, obviously when you joined the boat we worked on together, the the spa was it was pretty stocked, but mm-hmm. at that time yeah, they didn't offer facials, did they? So um, no, we had to stock everything. So what advice would you give to anyone that is needing to stock up a spa or is joining a boat where they just have the bare minimum and they want to, you know, elevate the service of the spa and really create a beautiful surrounding and, and amazing offerings. What are your suggestions then when stocking? And I know often chief stews do it. What are your thoughts on that? In my experience, it's always been up to the chief stew to physically place the orders and physically go and buy but you as the professional as the spa therapist or the beauty therapist or the masseuse you have full rights to put in the inputs and advice so I know obviously when we were together we added in the facial and that was great and something that you said to me that I just thought was such great advice to just pass on to other spa stews was you said you would never go out and blind purchase something that you had never worked with before that you couldn't smell, you couldn't touch, you couldn't feel because for all you know, it could be awful. There could be reactions to the product. So Mm. is there any kind of brand specifically that you absolutely love or do you like to kind of swap and change and, and work on different products? Definitely stick to what you know. Just stick to the basics when it comes to say manicures and pedicures, even though we have the luxury of purchasing, if there's a good budget, purchasing almost anything that you want top of the range for the guests, even though you have that opportunity, yes, go for it, get the top of the range, but just be aware that you need to know how they work, how those products work. Like you said, 
a reaction could be caused and you don't really want to be held responsible for that. So um, I have worked with some amazing brands and products. I know when we worked together, you went and we were sourcing some facial products and I loved Le Mer and you went out and you tried them and you smelt them and you felt them and we were um, in contact by video call because I think I had to stay on board at the time and mm-hmm. it was just it was such a fun project because you were sort of you were in the shop and it was like lots of laughs and jokes and you got some samples and it was just like it was really great to be involved that way um, even though I couldn't physically be there you could at least be there and get a good opinion and a good feel of the products and also just speak to the, the owners or the guests if they are that way inclined if they are approachable in that way find out what the madam uses personally on her skin and try and incorporate that into the spa. Look at her favorite body products. Look at the product she's chosen as the toiletries on board. Incorporate those sort of smells and the feels of the, the consistencies of the products. Because if she's going to come into the spa, she's, it's going to be for her. She would want to be able to take something away with her again. If she's familiar with the product, that would be you know that's key that's fantastic and it shows that you've taken that extra initiative focus on her and make her feel like this was all done for her yeah i completely agree and and something i've i think i've said in previous podcasts is the guests will give you the answers all mm. you have to do is look so with us when mm-hmm. we chose la mer i don't know if i would have ever really considered it because i've been on other boats where they use maybe more dermalogica products and, and mm-hmm. whatnot mrs had quite a lot of it and on a side note you gave me a facial just before my wedding as the most beautiful wedding yes gift. <laughs> and the la mer products are insane wow they, are. they were so yeah. nice um i know it's just like luxury in bottles that they're beautiful Oh, they really, really are. And it was just, you're right. It was a fun experience because I was at the shop. We were FaceTiming, laughing like idiots. I was trying all these different (laughs) face things. And I was like, how do I put this on, Trev? Do I rub it in a circle? Do I pat it on my (laughs) skin? That was so funny. It was. And I think it's just a good experience to have between the chief stew and the spa stewardess. Because if a guest Mm. were to ask the chief stew, I want a facial, do you know what products are used? Because I was involved Mm. with you in the purchasing of it together, I can say, oh, you know, Heather's going to be using La Mer products on you. They're this, this, and this. Whereas if it's super hands-off, it's not great if you can't answer the guest. And even if you do say, oh, I'll call the Spast you and she'll speak with you. You should be able to give them a little bit of information before bringing exactly. the spa. Yeah, it's all just about the communication. Yeah, and obviously with the spa, things are always evolving and changing, and there's new trends all the time. So, are there mm. any trends that you've kind of noticed recently? I know we were speaking earlier, and we said that yachting cannot be super in trend with spas because you can't exactly just out of nowhere incorporate a plunge pool into the spa. Exactly. Yeah. We'd love to, but and it's not always possible. <laughs> I know. So I just was wondering what trends are you seeing now that can actually be brought into a spa on board and are attainable for spa stewardesses? I would say that what I'm seeing the most at the moment is holistic uh, beauty and holistic wellness. So that's going on to the whole mind, body and spirit or soul or mental health. So it's not just the massage that you're going to have in the spa. It's what you're going to walk away with. How are you going to feel afterwards? What are the benefits? What, what benefits are going to be happening to you after the massage within your mind, within your body? Um, how you, you know, it's just that whole being of beauty. So I'm finding a lot of 
things that are coming from that are the use of essential oils, for example. They are so beneficial. And with holistic wellness, essential oils can be key because you can smell them, you can feel them, you can, people are drinking infused teas and waters. So they've just got so many benefits. People are putting them in diffusers. I know you always had a diffuser in your cabin and they just are so incredible. So essential oils are such an easy way to just have that extra edge in the spa. You can make up blends for the guests when they walk in and they just think they're going to have a massage. Gauge their, their vibes, see what they're feeling. What kind of day did they have? Did they have a super busy day? Were they in the water? Were they out shopping? Um, have they just been lounging around? You know, just find out what sort of energies are going around them at the moment and then make a blend according to that. And when I say make a blend, I also want to be very careful with this because I know aromatherapy and essential oils, they're very available, but just know that you need to know how to use them. I, did, I was lucky enough to study aromatherapy in my course so I'm aware of how to blend oils and how much to put in because even though that they are natural and plant-based, they can be harmful if used in a wrong way. So just being aware of how much to use and not causing reactions with them is key. Um, but within that, you know, just using, for example, a citrus oil like an orange or a grapefruit, um, within the massage oil can be incredibly uplifting. If you see that they're feeling a bit down or for whatever reason, or they, they just need a bit of an energy boost, pop some citrus oil into their blend and they will leave feeling so uplifted and invigorated. Uh, another one would be a eucalyptus oil, which is really good for the respiratory system. So if they're feeling a bit poorly, if they maybe have a cough or have a cold coming on or just need to be freshened up because you know, the med can get so hot in the summer, the air can be quite sticky, and they might just want to uh, just a little boost, a refresh, put some eucalyptus oil in, and that will have them leaving feeling really rejuvenated. So it's small things like this which are really great to incorporate the whole holistic part of wellness. Another incredible one at the moment, which is um, I see it everywhere, it's always on my Instagram adverts or on Facebook are crystals and gemstones. So I know a lot of people have a sort of stigma around gemstones, thinking, oh, they don't do much. People carry them in their pockets or sleep next to them. And some people don't know about them. Some people are very into them. So there's quite a divided opinion about gemstones and crystals. But a way that, are, that they are so available now are those face rollers. I don't know if you've seen those face rollers. Um, yeah. that you roll onto your skin mm -hmm. and they're like you get pink ones or green ones or I've even seen purple ones so I'll talk quickly about the pink ones that you see they're using rose quartz which is such it's such an incredible crystal it's known as the love stone which we all know we could all use a bit of love in our lives so whether you believe in it as a love stone where it it's, you know, brings in love and positivity. It's like those sort of affirmations. Fantastic. If you want to use it for that, I'm all for it. But at the same time, physically, it has benefits. It retains temperature. I'm thinking even for us, putting it in the fridge at night. So when you wake up in the morning and you can roll it on your eyes, get rid of that puffiness. Fantastic. 
the madam was lying in the sun all day and has a bit of sunburn on her skin. Use the rose quartz roller on her face and that will really soothe her skin and bring down any inflammation that has been caused from the sun. It contains minerals like magnesium and iron, which are so good for the skin. Things like, yeah, those face rollers are just fantastic and just such an easy way to incorporate a different edge to your treatments. I know for a fact that the owners or the guests will absolutely love them because it's something different. Rather than using, you know, machinery that's got wires and all sorts of things going on, those face rollers are just so easy and such a, a lovely touch to add to your treatments. I'm so glad you shared that because I... I've used the face rollers before. Didn't really know mm-hmm. what I was buying. I think I bought it at, gosh, like Ross Dress for Less for eight ninety nine or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I didn't know the benefits of the iron and the magnesium in the stone. That I, I had no idea. That's amazing. Mm. And the fact that it does also retain a temperature, so you can keep it in the fridge for cooling, or you know, it's just I think that's great. That's amazing. Just that benefit on its own is fantastic. Just to bring sort of coolness to the face is fantastic. So Definitely. they've got so many benefits and all the other kinds, you know, you can read up all about them. It's just about educating yourself and just finding out what all the benefits are. And you can, you know, it's a little magic roller right in your pockets. You can even know. <laughs> <laughs> a little morning, like deep puff of the eyes. I am all for exactly. it. Exactly. I struggle with that. Oh, me too. I'm not a morning person at all. No, I think that's why we get on so well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And I know that you are quite passionate as well about clean beauty um, mm-hmm. and organic beauty. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to know your thoughts on how do you bring that into the spa and what kind of products do you look out for? What do you try and avoid uh, when making any purchases? With the whole clean and organic beauty, I'm completely for it. Also, just depending on what sort of spa setup you have and what the owners or the guests are have their preferences towards whether she has her product that she wants to use, or if you have the leeway to introduce something completely new, I'm always going to say go for organic, but it's also just about educating yourself on what is really organic. What is clean beauty? Because so often we can be persuaded that we bought this beautiful product. It's got all these words on that we're used to like natural, clean, green, organic, it might not be that way. So it's really about educating yourself on what truly is organic. And there's a, a phrase out there called greenwashing. I don't know if you've heard that phrase before, Jan. No, never. But no. It's a marketing strategy. So PR companies use it when they sort of marketing a new product. They'll use specific words to put a spin on the product and it persuades the public on thinking that this product is environmentally friendly or natural or safe, but it might not be. I'm not saying that it is or isn't, but there's no research behind it. So we're all free to use those words. We can put those words on anything. It's not like you have to pay or certify yourself to be able to use the word natural, but to understand that the product has been completely researched and approved and certified that's where the key comes in to knowing what organic beauty is. For example, I've just recently purchased this amazing brand called Trilogy and it has certification numbers on it. So it says certified organic and it's got a little number at the bottom. So I can go onto the internet and type that in 
and I can go to the source of this product and really nail it down right to where it comes from and every ingredient in that product to where it's come from. Has it been ethically farmed and produced? Is it ethically made? Has it been tested on animals? I can get all of that information because it has been certified with a number. So it's just looking for key elements like that into products. Um, That's so if you're wanting, Yeah, I know. So it's just, it's hard because there's so much advertising thrown at you where you just think, oh, this is going to be amazing because it's using all these words that I just love, like healthy and natural. But in actual fact, it might not be that way. So it's just really comes down to, once again, educating yourself, just really reading into the product. If you see it at the pharmacy or at the store, go home, go onto the internet, read about it, see what the reviews are, try and source it down to one person or to one company or to one ingredient and just try and go down that rabbit hole and just find if you can get as much information as you can on it and then make your decision from there. That's a great way to go about it. I mean, I... Mm. I'm a sucker for, you know, the Sephora hauls that you see online. You know, someone posts, oh, I've just got this new clean beauty. And I'm like, great, I'm there and I'll go buy it. And it does make you wonder, I mean, what am I actually using on my skin? And as someone who has always struggled with acne, I do now and again think, gosh, like, is this actually what I think it is? And and then you do a bit Mm. more research and it, it can be quite horrifying as to how many chemicals are in your products without even being aware. So are there any kind of specific products or or chemicals, I should say specifically that you avoid when making purchases? There are a couple that I like to stay away from, but I'm not saying that I'm against chemical products because they all have their place. For example, before I talk about what I don't like is what I do like is like hyaluronic acid. Our body naturally produces that but if you need an extra boost of it in the form of a serum or a cream, it needs to be produced in a lab and then they put it into the product and then it helps your skin with the fine lines and the wrinkles. So I'm not saying I'm against chemicals and products at all. They just have a place. The ones that I don't go for and I try avoid at any cost um, in my products are parabens is one of them. So parabens are preservatives in your products. Um, they will make your product last longer. But at the same time, I don't really want to be purchasing a face cream that's going to last me two years because I'm hoping to use it within six months. I don't need it to last two years. So why does it need to be in there? So it's just an unnecessary addition to a product. The reason it can be so harmful, and I say can be, it's not always harmful. It's just each person to their own. I'm not like giving medical advice or anything, mm. but the reason it can be harmful is parabens can mimic estrogen, so which is a hormone that we produce, and that could just mess up your whole balance. And so many things, but you know, our hormones are just the end all with us. And to be introducing another topical hormone is just not great. So that's one thing I try to stay away from. And one more is um, sodium lauryl sulfate or SLS. So it's quite a mouthful but that is the foaming agents that you'll find in your products. So whether it's your toothpaste, your face wash, your shampoo, your body wash, a lot of these products have sodium lauryl sulfate in them and its sole purpose is to foam. So, you know, you want that really nice foamy face wash just to really feel that good, clean skin. Sometimes that's not so good. 
it actually can strip the skin or your hair of its natural oils and cause an imbalance of your pH levels. So that's when you know you might get breakouts or drier skin or even an oily skin because your skin's now overproducing the oil because it's being stripped of its natural oil. So I try to stay away from that because it's really just an irritant to the skin and we don't need it. So your skin and your hair and everything will become clean without the foam. So I just, those are my two to stay away from. I think that's, that's such great advice. I know I used foaming cleansers for, for quite some time. And mm. when, uh, I think it was actually you, we spoke about it and I was just like, Trev, my skin, what is going on? I'm getting married. I just, uh, you know, all that, all that stress yeah. as well. It doesn't help mm. your, your skin at all. No. And I, I did stop using foaming cleansers and I even felt after my skin didn't feel as tight or instantly dry um, exactly. once I kind of stepped away from those products. So I just think as a chief stew, I just have such a respect for spa stewardesses because it is so much more than just welcome to the spa. I'm going to put some oil mm. on your body. I just think that's a total <laughs> yeah. disrespect if you think that's what it is because you know you spend so much time researching these products, ensuring that you know even the chemical breakdowns are are you know at a good enough level and at par with what mm. you should be offering your guests. And then you're researching your products, and then you're always evolving your spa book and your treatments and your offerings I just think it's really incredible to, and to think you only do it 20% of the time you know it's all that work for maybe one or two massages a trip or or maybe on the other yeah. side of things you are doing it all day every day but it's just I don't know I just find it amazing and, and fascinating how much knowledge spa stews have to have really to mm. be successful in the industry it's almost like you almost need to be ready for anything that comes to you you know, the madam could step on board and tell you about a treatment that she had two weeks ago at her spa and it was X, Y, and Z and what do I think about it or have I heard about it or can we do it on board? You know, obviously you can't completely prepare yourself for those sorts of situations, but you can up to a certain extent and just educate yourself as much as possible. Just stick with the trends and see what is new out there what she's into, what product she's using. And it just gives you that extra edge when it comes to looking after the guests. It's all the small little things that you take note of and just being educated really and just reading as much as you can on what's new. Like you said, it is or can be only 20% of the time. So it might feel like you're wasting a lot of your time, but the guests look at you as like you know and do everything. So if she's looking for her you know, earring that she put down last night, you need to know where it is. And the same thing applies for the new product that's on the market that she wants to try. She is hoping that you know about it so that you can educate her on it. So, I mean, this is different with every guest. Um, it's not to say all guests are like this or they're not like this at all. So it's just each person to their own. But I just find it so important to just keep yourself as educated as possible so you can, you know, be prepared for anything that comes your way. Absolutely. Definitely. And I think something that is really, really key is after every single trip, having the girls come together and update all preferences from everyone, because, mm -hmm. you know, you may write out the spa preferences, but then after her session, Madame may have come out and maybe said to the second stewardess, like, oh, the pressure of that massage was perfect, far better than, you know, maybe when she had had earlier in the week. 
But unless there's that communication within the team, how are you going to know that as a spa stew that epic, you've done exactly what she wanted, everything is going well. So I do think it's important um, to obviously ensure you're fully prepared before the trip, but in your kind of post-trip routine is to just get into that routine of bringing everyone together, ensuring that preferences are kept up to date because at any point in time, who knows, you could fall ill and you have to bring somebody in for a trip. They need to be able to step into the spa quite seamlessly, really. Mm, Yeah, I completely agree with that. Handover and communication is so key, especially when it comes to spa, because it is such a personal space and a personal thing that you're doing with these guests, because they do become comfortable with you or with their previous therapist that they had on board or masseuse. And now they've got a new girl in and they're like, I mean, they're going to be wary of you. They're going to be very private and standoffish until they get to know you. Because you must understand it's such a personal space that you're entering. You are literally in touch with them in the most personal way other than, you know, besides anyone else on the boat. So having that handover and that knowledge and preference list about them is so important. Small things like the music that they like to listen to in the spa or the temperature of the room or what she likes to drink before and after the, the treatment or just anything like that. What Does she like the bed elevated or not? Does she wear slippers or not? You know, it's just silly small things like that are really the big things because it can make or break your whole treatment. If you didn't have the slippers ready, she's going to be like, oh, where are the slippers? They were supposed to be there. They were there last time. You know, it's things like that where being overprepared is just the best way to be prepared in the spa. Oh, I I could not agree with you more. I just think it's just a beautiful offering really for all guests to have the spa, but to take it that next level and ensure that every single finer detail is met. I mean, that's what Union's all about, isn't it? It's it really is creating that environment of the unexpected luxury and having I guess everything prepared before the guest even knows they want it. I think that's I was, yeah, I was just about to say that sort of, you think about it before they've said it and you know, how amazing is that feeling when they ask for something, you say, Oh, don't worry about it. It's already been prepared or it's already done. It's so great to know that you're one step ahead. Absolutely. Definitely. And something that we did together that um, was quite a nice kind of like small touch after every treatment is you would let me know exactly how long you'd be. I would go into the spa. Unless you've been on board, it was hard to explain, but there were different kind of, we had a wellness center, I suppose that's the best way to explain it. And so I would go into a different area of of that room and, and lay out either hot tea or water and the missus loved truffle chocolates or a few chocolates Mm. and I just think after every treatment, you know, it was really nice to have that small little tray of something hot, um, hot tea or ice cold water waiting for her. Yeah. And the owner knows that, you know, you've been with them the whole time. So then she knows that someone else is involved and we're doing what we can to ensure the whole team is working together to give them the best service. I just think that's just a, a beautiful offering as well. Yeah. It's just those finer details that really make them feel like they are the only person in the world at that moment and you know walking out and seeing that oh tea and chocolate how amazing that's just for me is just so great and then that's where you can go back to the trends of like holistic wellness that's really finishing off a treatment so well with you know their mental state they feel so special they feel so looked after and then 
never mind the benefits of like the tea that they're drinking to help their detox process or just their hydration levels. You know, so that's really where it comes in as the whole holistic treatment that you're treating them as a whole and not just a massage with some oil. You know, it's just all comes together so beautifully when it works like that. And I absolutely love doing that with you. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> I think something, if, if anything you can take away from this podcast is really the realization that the spa on board is not just a treatment. It's a full experience and it is up to yeah. the entire team to support the spa stew with her schedule. If she's running behind on certain things, but she needs to focus on the spa. I think if anything, we can all take away that it is a team effort. And we all need to 100%. show a huge amount of um, respect and admiration for the spa stews because when the owners are having a rough day, they go down and have the most beautiful massage. They have this incredible experience. They're suddenly feeling a lot more calm. And then you have a beautiful dinner service because they are in a total different frame of mind. Mm, exactly. So I just think it, it's a team and effort, but certainly something that um, I think as Jews, we also need to remember to appreciate how much effort and, and time you put into this and how you can really help change the whole dynamic of the day by just doing one treatment for the owner can really change the whole day for the whole team. So on behalf it of really can. Thank you for yeah. every time you did that for us. That was Oh, <laughs> oh you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> and before we wrap up, I would just love to know, do you have a go-to face mask or something that you do on trip to kind of give yourself a little bit of self-love? you know, when you're super busy, do you have something that you like to do in your cabin after a long day? Mm. Well, I'm all for face masks and just like looking after your skin. As, as you know, firsthand experience, we, our, our skin just gets so stressed on board, whether it's from being in the air conditioning all day or being outside doing service all day. And it's a bit sunny, but it's also a bit humid. So you're sweating and you've got makeup on. So us poor skin takes such a toll. I really feel sorry for it a lot of the time, but um, I just love at the end of the day, just taking just five or 10 minutes, no matter, even though I've only got nine hours to go until I have to start again, it's so important just to cleanse your skin, but make it like a whole ritual. Don't just do um, washing my face make it a ritual, you know, do some affirmations if you want. Just think of how you're taking care of yourself and just like put it as part of your winding down process because it does take a while to wind down after a busy day. But key is for us girls is to just cleanse that face, get that makeup off and just go to sleep with a beautiful clean skin. I've recently found, I said earlier, this Trilogy product, this face oil that is amazing. It's called, oh, it's rosehip oil. So rosehip oil, it's an essential oil. It's widely available, but this one's got an extra antioxidant in it. And I use that in the evenings. And it just gives my skin that boost that it needs while, it, while I sleep. Um, but just generally, if you have your skincare routine, fantastic. But just be mindful of your, of your routine while you're doing it, not just as a quick wash and go to bed. Just make a little ritual. And just love yourself doing it and popping on your face cream and your face mask or your serum or whatever it is you do. Just do it with love and care and you'll be good to go. Oh, you're just the best, honestly. I mean, I ask <laughs> you what face products you like and I'm feeling zen just listening to you talk about 
you know, a face wash <laughs> ritual. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh gosh. So much info. Thank you so much oh. for, for coming on the podcast and, and sharing everything. I'm just, I'm feeling really chilled out right now. This is amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. This was really fun to just talk about again, because it's been a while since I've been able to really chat about it because we've had a yard period. So we haven't had guests on for a little while. So it's been really great to refresh my memory, just get into it again. It's so exciting. I think that's a great thing about the spa is it's always evolving and, you know, you can always learn more and, and um, yeah, just, just understand everything on a deeper level. So thank you again for coming on. I am so excited to kind of see what you come up with next. And I will leave uh, the recommendations from Heather as well in the show notes. So if you would like to look into any of the products that she recommended, uh, you'll be able to find them below. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could please share, rate, and review. Have an idea for a podcast topic or want to be our next guest? Get in touch through at the Yacht Stew on Instagram or send an email to hello at the And be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.